Dragging the Peg is recorded on Treaty 1 territory, the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, the Cree, the Oji Cree, the Dakota, and the Dene peoples, and on the homeland of the Métis Nation. Welcome to Drag in the Peg, a podcast series exploring the lives and careers of drag performers living in Winnipeg, Canada. My name is Graham Hooson, and I'll be your host. Today's guest is a living legend in and out of the Winnipeg drag scene. Beyond being one of the most well-known queens in the city, she co-founded the Ashen Stompers, arguably the most well-known Métis jigging group in the world. She's outspoken, she's hilarious, and every time I see her perform, I'm blown away by her incredible talent. So without further ado, please help me welcome Sandy Bay. For a very long time. Thank you so much for being on the show. Well, thanks for having me. So, Sandy, tell me uh, a little bit about your life before you started doing drag. The beginning, like... Beginning of your life, as far back as you want to go. Childhood, early adolescence, before you started What I remember is, from my life as I remember it, was just starting dancing from a really young age. Like, probably, like, in my jolly jumper... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like, because I remember jigging um, really young, and then I'm hearing the music, and I'm just dancing, dancing, dancing. So that's what my life has been about growing up, was just dancing, going to talent shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Because you are a, a renowned, award-winning jigger. Yes, correct. You're the master of the Red River Jig. Among other jigs. Yes, I, I have a name now. I call myself the master of the jig, Ryan Richard. Ah. Yes. Make it official. Yeah. <laughs> so was that, how did you learn that? Was that just sort of like a thing that you picked up from your community and your family? Well, the community, um, well, it's been in my family for generations. So mm-hmm. my grandma's father was also a champion jigger. So she was the one where I got it from because mm-hmm. she kind of raised me and was always there and stuff like that so mm-hmm. uh, if I'm ever just looking at my phone it's not because I'm ignoring you it's no, I no, look so at the I questions know. yes I know <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you also sometimes incorporate your jigging into your drag and your drag into your jigging are the two styles of performance very connected to you or are they like two kind of separate parts of yourself well I'm I'm probably more connected to my jigging than drag mm-hmm. because drag came in later in life and for me mm-hmm. so I'm basically like wanted to co- incorporate that because I'm really good at it so it would add to the drag mm-hmm. effect right so I don't know I guess yeah that's more, more jigging is my 
where it's at for me. Yeah, because you're not you're not just like like jigging isn't just a thing that you do in drag. You you jig with the Ashen Stompers, correct? Yes, correct. Yes. Mm. Arnold and I actually started the Ashen Stompers back in two thousand four. Really, you're one of yeah. the founders. Yes. Um, well, the reason why he wanted we started it was because he was in charge of entertainment for the Ford World Curling Championships uh-huh. out here that were all held out here in Winnipeg. So then we started a group and then we got that happening and then we just decided to keep it going because it, it, it was the response was just so well amazing yeah and part of what you do with them as i understand is you also teach others how to jig i do actually yes i have a workshop right now i call it third times a charm it's three days and sweet three hours and it's i teach three different dances wow which ones? Um, the heel toe polka, the seven step, and the red rubber jig. Amazing. Yes. So, when when you're in drag, do you jig in heels? Um, I do, I do. Yes. Oh my god. But I also have um custom like like the I also wear the missies. They're uh-huh. called missies, and like they're <laughs> tap shoes. Like the girls wear them all the time, so I usually wear those. But but I'll I'm scared to get clogged for the short heel. You know. <laughs> I still got her out jigging there at the Festival de Voyager last year. Man, did she ever give her. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. <laughs> that was fun. That's amazing. So you're named after Sandy Bay First Nation where you grew up. Correct. Why did you choose to name yourself after your home community? I just wanted to inspire the other the gays that come from Sandy Bay that are having such a rough time. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to inspire that and then not only that I just wanted to be like what drag queens do they make names out of things that are like I don't know like that inspire them yes like Joan cost a lot so like cost lots right mm-hmm. Prairie like, Sky yeah. the, the beautiful yes, scenery exactly mm-hmm. and just like that that's why and Sandy with an I not with a Y yes yes to make it uh, to make it fun, to make it Googleable. Yes. Yeah, we need that uh, on YouTube, that. especially because when you go to YouTube and sp- and put Sandy Bay with an I, it's I first one that pops up. Oh yeah, you're covering it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so was it hard for you growing up as gay in Sandy Bay? Um no, actually no, because I was already a champion and I was already known for winning talent shows and mm-hmm. and in school I was kind of like. You were hot shit. Yeah, so, and then, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, I, I don't want to toot my own horn, but yeah, I was always in the spotlight in school, so I wasn't, have a hard time. There was the odd time where I would, but that was just because either I was being annoying or, or jealousy kicked in or whatever. I don't know. Wow, yes. you had that, you had that talented kid clout. <laughs> Yeah, and and I have a big family too, so and we're well known out there in Sandy Bay, so that was another good reason we were such a happy family. Mm-hmm. So. so I want to kind of get into your experience with um, the court and with titles and stuff like that. So you were Entertainer of the Year sixteen, which was oh, was that in 2015? Yeah, that would have been in 2015, 2016. Yeah, 2015, 2016. Yeah, with Jasmine Hormone and Jamie Allwood as yes. your Empress and Emperor. Tell me a little bit about that experience. Well, I was. It was. It was quite an eye opener for me, anyways, because I didn't realize how much work was put into it. You know, <laughs> like people, like I just thought, okay, well, 
I'm just gonna run because I know I can entertain whatever and so I'm like I'm gonna run anyways it was because I want because I know I'm an entertainer and I want to see if I can prove it mm -hmm. and then and then the time comes along and then I get awarded and I'm like yay yay and then they're like the first meeting comes and they're like okay here's what you got to do and then I was like okay I read the rules I know what is what I'm supposed to be doing whatever so I'm like okay well I have some ideas for some socials and some dances and then, and they actually worked out pretty good and and then I just didn't realize all the work that heart went into it and I was like oh I'm so glad this year is over. You know, like, so, um, but yeah, um, for that, that was eye opener. That's all I can say for that. But then the very next year, you were Miss Club Two Hundred. You dove I, right back into it. I know. You know why? Okay. You know what? The reason why was because the opportunity was there, mm -hmm. and I was, I was the it girl at that moment. You know, at that just. For me, that that's how I just felt. Like, I was the it stuff, and everybody's just liking me right now, and then I'm bringing out these new girls, like the Sunshine Girls, into the, like, to the club, you know? Mm -hmm. And then, make, like, making the misfits fit in, you know? Like, and then, and then I thought, well, okay, I got all these people on my back. Like, can I get them to vote? And I'm yeah. like, okay. And not only that... I always dreamt of having the Miss Club 200 crown. When I first came out and like, I was like, well, I shouldn't say how old I was. Well, let's just say I wasn't of age. Mm -hmm. And I was already in the bar because, well, I was living as a girl, so I was passable. Mm -hmm. And then I seen a pageant for the first time and I was like, I forget who got crowned that time. Um, it was Lixie Cox. Oh my god! I, yeah, Lexi Cox got oh. crowned that time, and I was like, "Wow!" And then it was just the screams, and I was like, "Oh!" And that was it. I fell in love, and then I just then. But after I won Entertainer of the Year, then I just got back to that moment, like, "Oh!" And then, and then they're like, "Okay, applications are open for Miss Club 200," and I'm like, "I, I want to run." And then, but my mind was like, "Okay, you already won Entertainer of the Year. Like, what more do you want?" I want a crown. <laughs> it's like, I want a crown. So I'm like, okay. So I went and then I told the girls, okay, I'm thinking I'm running for Miss Club Tour. And then they're, do it, do it, do it, do it. Okay, let's do it. Then we'll have your support. And then, and then we made a, a beautiful number of auto titsling. I don't know if you've seen that number when I did auto titsling. I don't think so. Yeah, that was for the pageant. It was one of the numbers that I had. Mm -hmm. But I had help with the Sunshine Bunch with that one. So I was like... It was really good. It was, I just even had, they even had them as backup dancers for my first number for the hideaway. Oh. So then I won. And then, and then after that, I was like, okay, I have a crown and I can relax now. Mm -hmm. And then, and then I, I was thinking about Empress, but then I just, that didn't work out. No. Did no. you ever run? No, I was trying to run. The year Vita ran, I, the uh -huh. year Vita ran. Ah, you're gonna run against her. I was gonna run against her, but you know what happened there? What? I didn't renew my membership, so ah! it's, or or it. I didn't. Yeah, it the, They said expired, but I remember paying for it in the in the in the club, like when they were walking around, and yeah. what, and what is it? Five dollars, like. 
come on. Like, like they should have just took my application and then it would have been a big run. Even if they picked Vita, it wouldn't have bothered me because at least I knew I ran, you know what I mean? Yeah, I was just talking to our current EOI Dirt about the membership and mine expired too and I had no idea. See, they don't even send you an email. <laughs> like, what the? Yeah, anyway. I don't. Uh, yeah, so now I gotta, I gotta reapply, but I don't, I don't even know when. It yeah, but I, I kind of, I mean, I kind of made some comments on Facebook that I don't know if that even hurt me, but. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I, I love them. Yeah, I st- yeah, I love them. The courts are pretty. They do some good work. They do. Would you work. ever consider? running for empress of course i'm still thinking of it but i'm just saving up a lot of money for that Mm -hmm. because i want to be able to contribute to like charities that i want to contribute to you know Mm -hmm. so not only that i want to be able to raise money yeah but me i do different um outreach work for the community i actually go to schools and what i teach with my jigging but not only am i teaching them jigging but i'm also also teaching them how to be confident how to how to work in a group like square dancing and like like there's a bunch of little hidden things that i do with the gay community that that the court doesn't know like you know like it can't always be in the in the bar system and like you know like you know absolutely exactly i do you got to get the youth involved I was in in Yellowknife, Yellowknife was Yellowknife, Northwest Territories, mm-hmm. and um, I was there for their first annual um, Rainbow Youth Conference. Man, was it a great eye opener! It was great. They had different workshops. They had an art art workshop where they had the group go in and they did a giant mural, mm-hmm. and at the end they 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 auctioned it off. It was so nice. Amazing. And then I had mine like. Mistress of the jig. <laughs> yeah, I did a workshop, jigging workshop with the kids there, and then they they all sign up for different, prod for different classes, and mine was one of them. And then, and then I did a drag show, of course. It was Miss Sunday, <laughs> and um, yeah, but yeah, that that's what we I want to get into, and that's what I want to start out here is start a Rainbow Youth conference for the Rainbow Youth. Amazing. Yeah, so like youth outreach would be something that you would focus on were you... Yes, and it could members. probably help prevent, like, and probably save lives too, you know, from Definitely. suicide. Absolutely. Like, you know, like that. that is such a big crisis right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially the drugs. Oh, that's awful. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Which is sort of like a... It's such a crisis that I feel like our community could be doing more to do mm-hmm. to help yes there's more outreach that can be done in terms of harm reduction and proper drug use and access to like yes. safe injection materials and such and yes and not also that but also living on the street like we can also help them get on track and mm-hmm. just eye openers eye openers and stuff yeah. Because, I mean, like, queer youth, especially, like, indigenous queer youth are so, the rates are so much higher than, like, their straight and cis. And it seems like they have it harder. Yeah. Because they're on the res, and then there's, they're tougher, tougher heterosexuals out there, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not, I don't know, it's just a matter of keeping them safe is what I want to do. Yeah giving them places and spaces. And yes, to coexist. 
I wanted to talk about a little bit about your past with sex work, if that's all right. We can skip um, over that. Yeah, we could. We could. I, I don't mind talking about that because I'm no longer in there. So, and it's been years, like almost a decade that I haven't been on that street. Sure. Yeah. My last trick I probably pulled was probably like only milling, like probably like 17 years ago. Wow. Yeah. So you're out of the, so you're out of. Oh, yes, that area. I'm a survivor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess I like to call me and Kelly. I don't know if you guys know Granny Kelly, but she's a survivor herself, and that's who I used to live with. And that's when I first came out, that's who protected me from the streets and mm-hmm. took me in her home. And so, but yeah. What did you want to know? <laughs> <laughs> so it's mostly inspired by a CBC article that I read about you. Okay. And kind of your experience with that. I wanted to talk about sort of like how you got into drag. You mentioned that when you were working in the sex trade when you were younger, and it was Divas Belanger, which is a name that I feel a lot of people have heard before. Oh, yes. Who encouraged you to start performing as a drag artist. Um, so was drag kind of like another way to was it like an economic drive for you as well when i first started it it was i really wanted to be a lady mm-hmm. like i wanted to to go through the surgery i wanted to have bosoms i wanted to go through that whole process mm-hmm. i even grew my hair I plucked my eyebrows everything i lived every day as a woman and it took me like forever to get ready in the morning because I had to reshave the stubble and mm-hmm. but it was another um when she said that like it was like I don't know you know I'm just like thinking no I it was just a way to get out of uh, living it every day so I, f- I found I finally found a way to do it once in a while and live as Ryan. Mm-hmm. So that was another good thing about it was, and then. But the hard part about it was was how was I gonna incorporate the jigging into the drag, mm-hmm. like how am I gonna do that? And then, but I didn't do that right away. What I did was I just did drag and tried performing first. And, the first person that ever gave me the opportunity to go on that stage and do an actual drag performance was um, Victoria Vanley. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know her. She was a I've former Miss Club Thru- She was a former Miss Club Thru- mm. But yeah, she's a good friend of mine. Hey, girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, she was the one who gave me this, uh, a, 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 a stage to perform on, and it had a runway and everything. And mm-hmm. I did some turns and some, like, um, costume changes and I was surprised her and then she then she started inviting me out to more shows then mm-hmm. other girls started inviting me to their shows mm-hmm. so it so I it just kind of got me a way to get off the street mm-hmm. so I'm like yeah yeah that's yeah that's it that's really that's really amazing because that's sort of a narrative that we hear even nowadays with younger performers that doing drag is sort of a way to like purge sort of uh gender roles that they don't want to pursue in their everyday life yes um and like even a lot of like uh women and afab people who are drag queens kind of talk about 
using drag as a way to sort of like purge those expectations of femininity in their everyday life so they can so they can perform and then live their life the way that they want to that's a really interesting take that's that's very interesting thank you (laughs) (laughs) so i kind of wanted to talk a little bit more about divas and uh yes missing and murdered indigenous women because divas belanche is a very well-known name she was later found murdered and it seems like we're just kind of now starting to have that conversation about missing and murdered yes indigenous women and girls and was that like a very big concern for you back when you were working in the sex trade it's always a concern it's always running through your head when you're out there like mm-hmm. is this next car gonna throw a big boulder at my face or is it, is it, or is there gonna be a couple guys jump out and throw me in the back or you know it's like am I even gonna come back if I jump into this car it's like like you're that there's always that scared thought is always going to be there no matter what mm-hmm. even even when you're doing drag when you're putting on a dress there's always that scared thought that you're going to get bullied or you're going to get gay bashed or a snowball thrown at you or a rock or that's always going to be there mm-hmm. that feeling there's no there's nothing even that's even going to let you get away from that feeling Mm -hmm. every drag queen feels it no matter what even in their own even their own people they feel it with Mm -hmm. it's always gonna be there that that thought so well that's maybe just me but but Mm -hmm. I feel that that feeling is always gonna be there of fear it's it's definitely even something I mean it's sort of a weird conversation to have for somebody who's like white passing like me because like it feels almost ridiculous for me to like be afraid when I'm stepping out of my house and going to my car when Mm -hmm. I'm wearing a dress and a wig exactly because because like I I know that nothing's nothing's gonna happen to me that kind of stuff doesn't happen to people who are to 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 women who are perceived as white in our city it just doesn't happen so but you still get that sort of like gut feeling of like who's gonna walk by who's going to see something that they don't like and who's going to attack you. Yeah. So I can't imagine what that's like for somebody who's like visibly indigenous. Cuz for of color. like especially for drag queens because like women don't dress like that, you yeah. know. Like we're like beacons. <laughs> yes. We really are. Yes. We're we're well, like what what what's their face says? Bianca Del Rio. We're yeah. clowns, you know. Yeah. Like, we're clowns. You can't really there's no way of like hiding. Really. <laughs> yes, exactly. Excuse me, pardon me. But for me, my drag, like, I don't wear, like, the gla- the, the, the lashes, and mm-hmm. I don't cover my eyebrows sometimes. Like, and I do that because my, my drag, I, I still, in my mind, I'm still trying to look like a woman and be that woman, you mm-hmm. know? Because I only have this one time to dress up in drag, so... I want to look like the woman and I want to look like a woman. Yeah. Because I want to have the straight guys going, hmm, look at that, like, and whistle at me, you know? Like, <laughs> I I want to look passable. I don't want to to have that big line, that mm-hmm. big um, eyeliner, 
and the the cut crease and the thick eyebrows you know I just yeah. I want to look natural like mm-hmm. a natural woman and that that I the reason why I'm saying that is because um my one of my drag sisters said to me she's like Oh, so are you? Aren't you gonna do drag? <laughs> she says to me because, <laughs> and I was like, I'm wearing heels and a dress. Like, what more drag? <laughs> but she meant makeup wise, because uh. I was I was wearing like subtle makeup and mm. light contour, and I was looking like a lady. Like I yeah. was looking like a lady, and then she was like, "So are you gonna do drag tonight?" <laughs> she says to me, and I started laughing. It was funny, but yeah. Yeah, that's uh, there's always different kinds of drag. Yeah, you still see a lot of people maintaining that sort of like natural glam look. Yes, it's still very there. Doesn't and it's good to have glamorous. drag family too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just to laugh with. And yeah, who was who's with. your drag family? Do you have a drag family? Well, her name is Tori Tenacious. Uh-huh. She's in, somewhere in BC, in Victoria, BC, I believe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she's a foodie. I, <laughs> yeah, she kind of reminds me of Bianca Del Rio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she was, she is also an Entertainer of the Year. Oh, yeah, her name is Tori Tenacious. Tori Tenacious. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's I. I'm not sure how much of this is true, from what I've heard. Okay. Are you or are you not the drag mother of Miss Sheila La? Also known as Horny Bunny. Yes, that's my baby girl. The best drag queen in Winnipeg. <laughs> yes, the best. The best drag queen in Winnipeg. We really that's love Sheila That's my baby girl. Yes, that is my baby girl. How'd you meet Sheila La? Um, I knew her from a long time ago. Really? Yeah. I knew her when she first, like, came out. Mm-hmm. So I... But I didn't meet her in the club. I met her on the street. Really? Yeah, like the... I met her through a couple people, like, like when... Back in the day. Mm-hmm. His cousin was my my smoke dealer. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, that was it. Michelle La. Yeah, and then I met her, and then we clicked. We hit it off, and then she, she kept coming over, and then... That she wanted to do drag. No, she, I forget what we were doing. Oh yeah, we were dancing. Uh huh. We were dancing in the in the at my house, and then that she performed, and then I was like, "You should do drag." I always wanted to do drag. Then I put her in drag. Then and you named her Horny Bunny. I named her Horny Bunny. Well, not me, but John named her Horny Bunny. My mm-hmm. partner John. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> she do be known for that. Yes. <laughs> and she hates it. She, she does. She doesn't like that name. I don't know why. And now she she's adamant about Sheila La. Yes. I I don't mind calling her Sheila. No? I, I don't mind calling her Sheila. I just say Sheila the horny bunny. And she hates it. It's so it's it's <laughs> yeah, it's it's adorable. It's my baby. I could probably get away with it, but I Oh yeah. Yeah. Few others. <laughs> <laughs> I know Prairie can get away with it too. Oh, she adores Prairie. Yeah, she does. Her favorite Aunt Tay. Mm-hmm. Sheila is like a really, really special person. Yes, she she's is. she's very like she's so passionate and she just loves drag so much and she loves the drag. And she's so, so brilliant. Much. Yeah. Yeah, she is. She's good to talk to and. All I know her much is like her trying to steal my man and stuff like that. (laughs) Well, who doesn't want to steal men these days, right? Just kidding. Ah. 
Not she me. was on the hunt. <laughs> so she's la horny bunny. She's la horny bunny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so baby girl. your baby girl. So tell me a little bit about uh, your relationship with the Sunshine Bunch. You said that kind of when you were Miss Club Two Hundred, you were sort of like involved in bringing them in more into the clubs. Well, there's a couple girls that were were part of it from the beginning that actually introduced me to the Sunshine Bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said that to like that, like that at Sunshine House. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went a couple times, and then then it it just clicked for me. Like it just, well, not clicked, but it, I felt comfortable there, and then just then I started sticking around there, and then every Monday, then went to Monday and Wednesday, and, mm-hmm. and then they started having figuring out like our funding was running out so we were f- trying to figure out ways to fundraise to keep it going and mm. then then we figured out the taco sale and then yeah. we did, then we did our bingo and, and yeah so that's how I know them and then we just had fun doing all kinds of quirky things there mm. okay I think that we're seeing a pretty cool shift in the community there's a lot more spaces for folks that maybe don't fit that like conventional mold to sort of express themselves. Mm-hmm. There's stuff like Gender Play Cabaret, Bannock Babes, Big Girl Brigade, Slunt Factory and stuff. Do you see this as like a as like a really positive change in the community? As a positive change? Yeah. Cause I think that there's a sort of narrative in the drag scene that it's I thought they were just inclusive. themes for shows. Yeah, but they're I like I didn't think they were like <laughs> groups of people that actually No, they are there are shows. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're definitely themes, but they're focused a lot more on like inclusion, for mayhaps. Well, groups. what would you call a slant? A like, slant factory? A slu- no. What's a slant? Oh, that's like a slur. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> well that, no, it's like a combination like, of two swear words. Oh, I thought I of, thought it, I thought it meant like a, a female drag queen. No. A slant. No. Oh. Okay. I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's just like a that's just their name. Oh, okay. Well, oh, I thought it was just a, a, a definition of a female drag queen. No, but a lot of their... But I think all the organizers are assigned female at birth. And a lot of, like, the people who perform at Slunt Factory aren't really, like, uh, conventional drag queens. Or drag kings. Or they're drag things. They're kind of... Yeah, they're a whole, like... <laughs> they have everything. their own word, right? They do. They're, yeah, they're exactly. slants. They create a new sort of... Because I didn't really get it at first. Yeah, it's just another name for... Yeah. They're like a production company, like Pop-Tart. Yeah. I always seem to make comments on Facebook, and then I was like... And then people would get it the wrong way, and I'm like, okay, well... I don't know. Like, I didn't get the female drag queen thing at first. Mm-hmm. And then... And then I seen the word slants, and I'm like, okay, is that probably what they are? Because you know how they have, like, okay, that you know how the LGBTQ always keeps changing or whatever, or the QPOC tour or whatever, or whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Okay, gay, bi, queer, and all that. And then, okay, we have the drag queens, and then we have your slants. Oh, my your God. Your female drag queen, right? You like, that slant was a word for yes, female drag queen? Yes, that's what I thought. And I'm no. like, okay, okay, now I get it. So, 
but now okay so that's just the organization no. yeah it's just like the company that produces the shows oh my god <laughs> that is so funny yeah. oh okay well you thought afab performers were called okay that's sandy base uh, <laughs> definition of a female drag queen is slant oh my god there you go wow <laughs> shit yeah, no, it does oh, the world... No, don't worry about it. You can swear as much as you want. Oh, we just said the word slant, which I think is just as bad. Oh, my <laughs> God. So, but you're right. The drag scene is changing a lot. Yeah, it is. But to answer to your question, um, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. Mm-hmm. I think it just it just puts you in a box. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, like it's, it's just another box to check, you know? Like, okay, I'm... I'm bitch. I'm queer. Okay, I'm a slunch. Okay, I'm gender play. Mm-hmm. Let's do that. And then, okay, I'm cabaret. Hey, let's, let's hear that too. Mm-hmm. I'm a speeder. Okay, <laughs> check. <laughs> That's so. I think it's just good that they're coming up with all these things. Mm-hmm. Then it kind of gives chance for other people to have their own space to do a show you know like Mm -hmm. okay and like just like debut like it's Mm -hmm. okay i think it's good Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) i don't think it's bad at all so the scene has changed a lot when did you start of sort of start noticing that the scene was really changing um probably at the um probably at the last um pageant Mm-hmm. At the last Miss Club Two Hundred pageant, because mm-hmm. there was so many faces I didn't even know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Wow, these are good little performers." And they're like, "Okay," so like, that's when I knew it was changing, and I was like, "Okay, there's slants. Okay, there's drag queens there. Okay, there's drag kings there. Okay." So yeah, I just I just realized that the last at Cake Step Down, that's when I mm-hmm. realized that the whole thing was changing. What do you think about the change? I think the change is good. The change <laughs> is good, but it, it leaves no room for the for people who actually do want to do a show and and show their talent and stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah. How so? Well, because there's no more time, because the the list is so long that you can't even fit any more people in because everybody wants to do show now right there so, are a lot of uh there are a lot more recurring shows yeah yeah you know what i mean like so it's like it seems like there's hardly any room so why bother you know like just let them have a chance because they they need to grow too mm-hmm. but yeah uh, when did you start doing drag? I can't believe I didn't ask that at the beginning. When did you start doing drag? When did I start? Yeah. Um, well, I started drag... Well, I used to dress up in girls' clothing all the time because I lived with my grandma's, so mm-hmm. I used to dress up in her clothing while she went to bingo. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I actually did drag drag... Um, we're not talking about transsexual drag. We're talking about drag, performing drag. Mm-hmm. I started that, yeah, 1999, 2000. Wow. Yeah. So you've been doing drag for almost 20 years. Yes. Wow. 20 years, yeah, oh my God. 1999, yeah. Wow, so you've outlived a lot. You're you're older than, like, Vita and Brianna and I think maybe Anita. Maybe Anita? I started the same time as them. Oh, yeah. But I didn't do, like, I didn't... Um, Mm -hmm. 
I I performed as Ryan at happenings, mm-hmm. as j- doing jigging. But oh yeah. I, I never I never performed as Sandy Bay. I didn't perform as Sandy Bay till I'm at Club Two Hundred in like two thousand. But I've I've already was doing drag like in the in the crowd whatever but not mm. really performing. So but you were you were talking about sort of how you were living life as a woman. Yeah, that's what I was doing. Were, yes. Ah, uh, yes. So that's not when, drag to me. No, that's not drag to me because that was who I was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but drag to me is like performing, getting on stage. That Absolutely. Was, yeah, that's what I consider drag. Totally. So when you were living as a woman, when was kind of the point when you realized that that wasn't an identity that was going to work for you? When I turned 19. Because mm-hmm. I started living as a woman when I was 16. Mm. Then I turned 18. Then I started getting into, like, getting... Then I started dancing, is what I meant, at mm-hmm. Folklorama. And then, and then that's when Divas told me, like, oh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do that, whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's when I transitioned to doing drag was probably in 1999 mm-hmm. and I started um, living as a woman at 16 I tried it I didn't really but it was too scary mm-hmm. because I was seeing all my friends being murdered and not coming back from dates and it was getting too scary at, at the same time and then yeah that's terrible thank god for the club for being there so tell me if I'm making a wrong leap, because um, I don't want to. I don't want to superimpose mm-hmm. ideas onto your experience at yeah. all. But it sounds like you sort of didn't transition or decided to stop living as a woman, kind of because of the danger behind it. And drag was a good way to sort of do that instead less often in a safer environment. Am I right about that? I could be... That's part of it, but it's mm-hmm. the jigging that saved my life. Yeah. My jigging is the m- only thing that got me off that street mm-hmm. was to prefer to pursue the jigging. Mm-hmm. And it helped. It worked. And not only that, but the club also helped. Like, it gave us space for a gay boy to go as well mm-hmm. like I, I thought being gay was to live as a girl because like in Sandy Bay that's all I was surrounded by all the gays I knew were were trans mm-hmm. so that's what I thought being gay was supposed to be but I guess and then it, I, it didn't when I seen the gay bar I was like there's young gays here too like there's guys my age that are here like mm-hmm. Okay, I don't. Then I try to. That's, yeah. So it's the jigging in the club that basically helped me get off. It stopped it, the transition, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. So now, twenty something years later, um, you're one of the most renowned jiggers in in all of Manitoba. Um, your drag career is still going strong. Yes. What are your plans for the future? Well, I'm going to get married. Oh my gosh, congratulations. Year. Yes, to John. Um, I met him at Geo's back in 16 years ago. Wow. It'll be 17 years in uh, October 25th. Congratulations, Thank that's you. awesome. But yeah, that's what I'm going to do with my future. I'm just going to 
stay at home. I have three dogs now. Amazing. Yeah. You're a married woman. Yeah. Soon to be. Yeah. <laughs> and that's another reason why I haven't been in the community from doing drag either because I've just been at home. Like that's the reason why we go to bars that we're gonna find a love of our life. And, <laughs> but I did. I found him, and but I just I like to perform. I just mm-hmm. I do. I really do like to perform. So ask me to perform, you girls. Book Sandy Bay. <laughs> yeah, book me, please. Well, Sandy Bay, that's all the questions that I had. Is there any more things that I haven't asked you or anything you want to talk about at all? That's it. Oh, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much to Sandy for sitting down with me. All drag performers, whether queens, kings, or somewhere in between, are royalty. But our next guest is a special brand of royalty. Alongside season one guest and current reigning empress Foxy Beast, he rules the imperial and sovereign court of Winnipeg and all of Manitoba, spearheading its fundraising efforts for the year. Here's a clip from his episode. When I, th- when I think of drag, I don't even think of like more or less gender. I don't even think of gender. This is all performance. Yeah. And there were times not far past history where men would perform as women on stage. Mm-hmm. Like, this is all performance. Yes, sometimes it's used for gender expression and that helps you get to where you are as a person. Mm-hmm. But then a day, you're just putting on a character. Mm-hmm. And like the character can be any gender, shape, size, if potato or tater tot. Alien. The alien. Whatever dirt is. Um, <laughs> so like, I don't know why we had to question people and what they want to do. Because I'm like, it is just art. Thank you so much to Claire Boning of Veneer for the lovely intro and outro music. And until next episode, please remember to always tip your local drag performers. But then again, I charge an arm and a leg. I do. That's probably another reason why I have a hard time getting booked.